Does your child struggle with lying or whining and you aren't sure how to get to the heart of those frustrating issues and address them from a biblical perspective? Then we're so glad you're joining us for today's Q&A episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you find our podcast encouraging and helpful, would you prayerfully consider making a one-time donation this month in celebration of our two-year anniversary? Just go to gingerhubbard.com support to give any amount. Another way you can help support our mission is to purchase Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other really convenient online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Listeners, we are so grateful for the opportunity to encourage you each week, and we appreciate your support. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Long before my husband and I had kids of our own, I knew I wanted to be a homeschooling mom. But when my oldest was ready to start kindergarten, I had just had our third child, who we affectionately referred to as the baby monster. Homeschooling didn't seem possible with a kindergartner, a toddler, and a baby monster. I was so thankful that a friend introduced me to BJU Press. Their all-in-one curriculum resources gave me the confidence to homeschool at a time when it didn't seem possible. Their video lessons that, by the way, are engaging and taught by experienced teachers, those videos were a time and a sanity saver for me. Best of all, their K-5 through grade 12 all-in-one curriculum options are rooted in a solid biblical worldview. To learn more about BJU Press, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com and see what they have to offer. You'll find their parent-led resources as well as independent learning materials at BJUPressHomeschool.com. And tell them the baby monster sent you. Well, hey there, Ginger. As you know, lately, we've gotten quite a few questions regarding topics we have already covered in previous episodes, which is understandable given that we now have over 100 episodes, which is so exciting. Uh, And we've gained many new listeners this past year, which is also very, very exciting. It is. And two questions we seem to get a lot are in regards to lying and whining, which is also understandable, given that those were issues we covered in some of our earliest episodes. Katie, I look back at your fabulous spreadsheet. As you guys know, Katie is the queen of spreadsheets. It's what she does for fun, if that tells you anything. And it's been almost two years since we talked about lying and whining. And I do want to say before we dive in, though, that in this episode, we're going to pretty much cut to the chase of how to address these issues from a biblical and practical standpoint. But if you guys want a much deeper understanding of what's at the heart of these issues, in other words, why children lie and whine and what the Bible has to say about these sin issues, then we highly recommend you go back and listen to episode 11 on When Kids Whine and episode 12 on When Kids Lie. Uh, But our goal with this episode is to simply offer a refresher for those of you who've been with us from the beginning and practical help regarding these issues for our new listeners. All right, Ginger, our first question came in from Chrissy and talk about cutting to the chase. This one is very short and sweet. Okay, well, maybe not sweet, but it is very short. And here's what Chrissy writes. How do you instruct and discipline a child who lies? 
Uh, well, that is a short question. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, uh, let's talk about what not to do. There are four fairly common responses that we really need to avoid. First, we should avoid administering consequences without getting to the heart of the matter. While consequences are a part of training children to not lie, to just merely punish a lying child can actually wind up doing more harm than good. Because what we view as, I'm punishing you because you lied, the child views as, you're punishing me because you found out the truth. Mm. And then they're just going to become better at lying. Mm. So rather than only addressing the outward behavior, our goal is to help our children understand that the sins of the mouth come from the sins of the heart. We're told in Matthew 12, 34, that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Helping our children take ownership for the sin in their hearts, that's the first step toward helping them understand that they are sinners in need of a Savior, which is our ultimate goal with all of our discipline and instruction to point them to their need for Jesus. That's exactly right. So, Ginger, what is the heart of the matter? Why do children lie? Well, children lie for the same reasons adults lie. We are all sinners who fall short of the glory of God. We love ourselves, which is why we are tempted to exaggerate details in our favor, uh, twist the truth to make ourselves look good, Mm -hmm. and sometimes conveniently leave out facts to protect our guilt. And like us, our children will sometimes even resort to denying the obvious to save face and avoid consequences. Mm -hmm. So the first heart problem with children lying is that it derives from the love and preservation of self. The second problem with children lying is that it it expresses a lack of trust that God is in control. Because no matter how you slice it, lying is always an attempt to bring about the response or outcome that the child prefers, a response or outcome that suits their own interest. And that's a problem. Because when they try to alter a natural response or outcome by lying, they're placing themselves in a position of control rather than trusting God. Okay, Ginger, so the first thing parents want to avoid when children lie is moving straight to consequences without addressing the heart issues, which are love and preservation of self and not trusting that God is in control. What's the second thing parents should avoid when children lie? We should avoid responding uh, to a, a child who has lied in anger. If you suspect your child is lying, lashing out, can stir fear in their hearts and discourage repentance. Instead of them admitting that they lied and asking for God's forgiveness, parental anger can cause them to fear coming clean. Mm -hmm. It can tempt them to dig their heels even deeper to try and cover the lie in order to avoid more wrath from mom and dad. After all, if this is your response when you suspect they lied, how much worse will it be for them if they actually admit it? Mm. Third, uh, we should avoid calling them liars. When we call our children liars, we are labeling them liars rather than encouraging them to live in the forgiveness and atonement of Christ. Instead, we might say something like, honey, you told a lie, but you are not a liar. That is not who you are. You are a forgiven child of God. And because of his grace, you can walk in truth. Now, of course, this is assuming that the child has accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord. We do need to be very careful to not give children who have not yet surrendered their lives to Jesus a false sense of salvation. So if your child is not yet a Christian, uh, you might rephrase with something like, honey, you told a lie, but you are not a liar. That's not who 
God created you to be. He created you to be a forgiven child of God. And because of his grace, you can follow him and walk in truth. And then finally, we should avoid making assumptions. If there is any question as to whether or not your child is lying, I encourage you to err on the side of mercy. Sir William Blackstone coined the saying, better that 10 guilty people escape than that one innocent suffer. To be accused of lying when in fact the child is telling the truth well, that could be devastating. And the last thing we want to do is to make them feel like we have this ongoing suspicious expectation of them lying because that's going to discourage them from walking in truth. So if you think your child is lying, but you aren't 100% certain, just pray that God would bring it to light so that you might have the opportunity to point him to the atonement of Christ. And don't stress out over the possibility that your child might have gotten away with a lie because of your uncertainty. If they're really struggling with lying, they're going to lie again in a situation where you are certain, giving you the opportunity to train them in truth. When parents ask for God's will to be done in the lives of their children, He is faithful to shine light where there is darkness. This is one of the really important things I learned from you, Ginger, before you and I had even met, and it's made such an impact on my parenting because lying is a particular trigger of mine. And so my tendency is to root it out of my kids' hearts against their will, which is not really possible to do. Um, I would usually guilt them or shame them if I suspected they were lying to me. But I'm just so grateful that God used you and specifically don't make me count to three to show me the foolishness of that. Before you tell us what we can do when our children lie, I do have one thing to add to your list of what not to do. And this is a pretty recent, phenomenon in parenting. Uh, But my advice is this, please don't record your adorable toddler lying through their teeth and then post it on social media for the whole world to see. Uh, (laughs) As much as my family and I get a kick out of hilarious toddler videos on Instagram, and I do save those up and then we'll have like a viewing night. Oh, fun. (laughs) And I'll airplay it to our TV and we watch funny videos, usually of animals and children. Mm -hmm. And there's one specific one where a child has cookie all over her and in her mouth. And the dad is saying, did you eat that cookie? And the cookie's on the counter with a big bite out of it. Did you Uh eat that cookie? And she's like, I didn't eat a cookie. I mean, she's totally (laughs) lying through her teeth. Um, But, you know, as funny as that is, initially, when you really think about it and think of the heart behind it and think of it from a parenting perspective— Man, it this this can be a foolish way to parent our toddlers, and I'm I'm grateful that God used you uh, to show me the foolishness of recording my kids caught in the act of sinning, um, because they are so cute. It's hard are. not to laugh, but you know if you think about it from a spiritual standpoint, from a biblical standpoint, we shouldn't make light of uh, the things that God sent His Son to die for. Right. Right. Sin is not a laughing matter. Right. And are we teaching our toddlers, uh, you know, our young kids that being cute can cover a multitude of sins? Right. That, that's not mm-hmm. what the Bible teaches us. Now, mm-hmm. I am very much the pot calling the kettle black because I may or may not have a handful of two minute long videos from many years ago when my oldest two were toddlers and arguing. One of the one video in particular is them arguing about the correct pronunciation of the word yogurt. And <laughs> Every time the argument would escalate and, it, you know, it, it would go in waves where they'd be screaming, facing each other and pounding on the table. And inevitably, one of them would look over at me like, is she not going to intervene here? Like, is she not going to do something about this? <laughs> and honestly, part of me just wanted to see how this thing would play out. And part of me thought it was pretty hilarious because my daughter insisted the pronunciation was dodoke. 
and it Toe-toke. just sent, it sent her brother into orbit that she wouldn't say it the proper way. But that was as foolish of me to record them as it was of them to have that yelling match. Mm. Now, thankfully, it wasn't a habit of mine, though, as I said, I do have a few videos like that. But there was one, okay, there was another one where they're uh, arguing about the pronunciation of heave-ho because they watched Thomas the Train. Uh-huh. And, and she would say, hee-ho, and just to get at him. And, you know, again, I recorded it. So anyway, my point is that documenting their sin, because we find it cute, is probably one of the last things we should do if we want our children to live wisely and not foolishly. Hmm. That all being said, back to what we should do once our children have, have lied to us. What can we do besides post the evidence to social media? <laughs> <laughs> well, first, we can help them recognize that there is a spiritual battle going on in their hearts, a battle for their souls, a battle to follow the father of truth or the father of lies. So we can take opportunities like these to probe their hearts and help them understand that battle by asking simple questions such as, sweetheart, do you know who the father of lies is? And if they don't answer, just go ahead and answer for them. Honey, Satan is the father of lies. God is the father of truth. And that's why God hates a lying tongue and why he commands his children to follow him by speaking and walking in truth. And second, we can help them understand that there are relational consequences when they choose to lie. We might say something like, uh, sweetheart, the foundation of the family relationship is built on trust. So when you lie, trust in the relationship is broken. God desires to transform us into his likeness, and he desires for families to remain faithful and united to one another. So that's why we're told in Colossians 3, 9, do not lie to each other. It's so important that we keep trust in our relationship and that we honor God by being truthful. You know, we might even share about a time when we ourselves struggled with lying and what the consequences were and why it would have been so much better to have told the truth in the first place. And then, most importantly, encourage them in a total dependence on Christ, who is their and our only hope for redemption and change. Parents, I want to encourage you in that it's a self-controlled transparent and gospel-oriented response to a lying child that's going to pave the way for more honest communication. That's exactly right. And for some help in that, I really want our listeners to remember that Ginger and her co-author, Al Rowland, have a really adorable children's book about lying called Chloe and the Closet of Secrets. It is extremely helpful for teaching children about the consequences of lying and the importance of always telling the truth. And there's also, at the end of that book, a parent resource page to help parents get to the heart of lying by using the steps we talked about today. So be sure to stay tuned until the end of the show, and we'll tell you how you can get a discount on this, I mean, truly adorable and engaging book for children. Okay, Ginger, let's move on to whining, since we've had quite a few questions come in about that as well. Yep. Whining is one of those things that can really get under our skin. And the, the people around us. Uh, yes. <laughs> it gets under everybody's skin. It is one of those super annoying yes. behaviors that can push our buttons. Mm. Uh, the problem is that children who whine lack healthy communication skills. And if you think about it, they're really in bondage to their own emotions. Mm. And enslaving addiction to whining does not make for a happy child, or as you said, Katie, a happy anyone else that's around them. <laughs> and from a, a spiritual standpoint, whining is an ungodly way of communicating. Nothing about it 
is pleasing or honoring to God. Titus 2.12 teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. When we really look at what's at the heart of whining from a biblical perspective, we find that it's often rooted in the sin of idolatry. And it's important to help children understand the dangers of that from a spiritual standpoint, which is why Katie and I thoroughly covered that in episode 11. But for the younger child who whines, uh, probably the easiest way to address it is by making it simply an issue of self-control, which is also biblical because God calls us to have self-control even in the way we communicate. The worst thing we can do is to give in to a whining child, as that's Mm. only going to reinforce their lack of self-control. So I encourage you to start out with a very simple heart probing question, like we always do, such as, sweetheart, are you asking for a snack with self-control? No, honey, you're not. God wants you to have self-control even with your voice. A reasonable consequence for children who whine is to have them wait three to five minutes, depending on their age, before they're allowed to ask again. You might set a kitchen timer, or we have phones now, so you can set the timer on your phone and say, sweetie, when the timer goes off in three minutes, then you may ask for a snack the right way with your self-controlled voice. And keep in mind that some kids are so accustomed to whining that it might even be necessary to model the right words and tone of voice. If, after the timer goes off, they are not willing to come back and ask the right way, which is a highly likely, uh, especially when you're beginning, starting out with this training, the natural consequence is that they don't get the snack or whatever it is they're asking for. I think it's important to, you said something about um, not giving in to a child who whines. And giving in isn't just giving them what they want. It can also be engaging with them. And that's what we're trying to avoid is even allowing them to start the conversation, to start the question asking. We're trying to disengage from that form of communication at all, not ignoring them, but redirecting them, having them sit and then come back. I think that's a really important distinction to make too, Ginger. Mm -hmm. But what about kids who aren't necessarily asking for something in particular, but they just have that tone? They just whine as a general means of communicating. Well, Katie, same plan. I mean, let's just say that little Susie comes in from school and she's telling mom about something that happened on the playground and she's talking in a whiny voice. Or let's say that the wheel is jammed on little Andrew's dump truck, so it isn't rolling correctly and he's frustrated, so he's whining, my truck isn't working. Uh, You might just say, honey, are you talking to mommy with your self-controlled voice? explain how God wants them to have self-control in the way they talk and that you love them so much that you're going to help them learn to do that. Honey, as soon as the timer goes off in three minutes, we can talk about what happened on the playground or how we might be able to get your truck working. Again, if after that timer goes off, they are not willing to come back and talk the right way, the natural consequence is that Susie does not get to have that conversation with mom or Andrew doesn't get any help with his dump truck. I think parents need to do this for themselves too. (laughs) If I can't speak to my kids in a self-controlled voice. Well, I've heard, you know, a minute for every age, uh, sorry, a minute for every year of their age is probably a good rule, but Mm -hmm. my kids would be waiting 41 minutes for me to talk to them. So (laughs) but I I think it's a good idea for parents to step back and say, if I can't speak in my self-controlled voice, Mm -hmm. 
you know, perhaps I need to get a cute little timer and set it, uh, which by the way, we do have a link in our show notes to some really cute timers that are in the shape of penguins, owls, ladybugs, just to get off to a fun start uh, with our kids and talk about it, as we've said many times, when it's not a conflict, when we're not in the throes of it, go online, let your child pick out their own timer. And again, we'll put a link in the show notes to those cute little timers. Yeah, that's a really fun way to get this training off to a good start for kids. Let them pick out their own little timer. Mm -hmm. All right. So parents, and I just want you to be encouraged. If whining is driving you batty, (laughs) I've had so many parents tell me that when they were consistent with this plan, their kids were transformed in one week or less consistency is key. Mm. And be sure to pray with your little ones who are struggling with whining. Pray when they wake up, maybe while you're helping them get dressed in the morning. Honey, I know whining is a real struggle for you. Let's talk to Jesus and ask him to help you to talk with self-control today. And when they struggle throughout the day, remind them about the prayer time you had that morning. Sweetie, remember when we prayed about talking with a self-controlled voice this morning and we asked Jesus to help you? Let's try that again with a self-controlled voice. And while you're waiting for the timer to go off, ask Jesus to help you, and he will. And, you know, it's not just about teaching them not to whine. It's about encouraging them to always turn to Jesus for help. That's great. Uh, Ginger, we had a question come in about kids who aren't yet verbal. So this came in from Maya on your Instagram account, Ginger. And Maya writes this, My 20-month-old whines a lot like a lot. (laughs) He's been slightly irritable since he was a newborn. How do I teach him to stop? I correct him all the time by saying, we don't whine. What do you need? Will it just take time? I'll take any tips, please. Mm, Well, hi, Maya. Uh, I'm not sure of your 20-month-old's level of communication skills. He should be getting pretty close to an age where you can implement this plan we've talked about in today's episode. But I do realize that communication levels vary from child to child. Uh, For little ones who have limited or no vocabulary skills, whining can be a huge temptation, and understandably so. How frustrating to know what you need or want to say and not be able to express it. That would be frustrating for anyone. So for all all of our listeners who have infants and toddlers who aren't yet verbal, teaching them to sign simple words such as please and more and all done Mm. and no thanks can be a huge help for them and for you. You would be absolutely amazed at how early they can learn to communicate by signing simple words. Mine were signing words way before they could talk. And by the way, Katie and I have an episode on how to teach infants and toddlers to sign. That's right. That was episode number 25 called Teaching Toddlers to Communicate with Self-Control. And we'll also have Heather put a link in the show notes to a free online resource called Baby Sign Language, 21 Words and Signs to Know. Also, listeners, in addition to the children's book about lying, Ginger and Al also have a an equally adorable book uh, for kids about whining. It's called Sam and the Sticky Situation, and it, too, has a parent page at the back to help you get to the heart of whining and teach children the benefits of communicating with self-control. Not to mention, it's rhyming, 
really bright, colorful illustrations. It is absolutely a wonderful book. And my kids love it. Even my older kids Aww. love this book. My daughter, uh, you guys may not know, she's quite a crafty, uh, not in a sinful way. I mean, she likes making crafts. <laughs> and she has created felt versions of this book and given them to Ginger. It's just... It's so cute. We put them on the resource table. Yeah, because when, when Chloe lies in the story, all of these, every time she tells a lie, this crazy little fluff appears. Right. And so... Uh, and then she keeps stuffing them in her closet. And then finally, the closet is so full that it's ready to burst. And that's when she realized uh, that she's been covering her lies. And that's not a good thing. She made those for the lying book. But then for the whining book, you remember, Ginger, she made you a whole bunch of junk food out of oh, felt. Oh, that's right. She yes. made ice cream yes. and popcorn they and all so these from that book cute. as well. So yes, our kids so have loved fun. engaging with it. And I mean, they they are absolutely adorable. And I'm really, really picky about books, you guys. So anyway, stay tuned until the end of this episode, and we'll tell you how to get a discount on both of these great resources for kids. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Megan in Texas. And here's what she says. When I needed to encourage my three-year-old to use the potty before we left the house or at bedtime, etc., I would put a drop of food coloring in the toilet and ask her what color she thought it would turn when she went. She thought it was a hoot and went every time. This could be applied to potty training too. Ginger, Mm -hmm. all I have to say is where was Megan Mm -hmm. when one of my boys was peeing on the leg of the kitchen table when I was trying to potty train him? (laughs) This is an ingenious idea. Megan, it really is. I wish we would have had your quick tip for the episode we did on potty training. Because this is a really great idea. It is. All of my parenting skills were pretty much out the window with potty training. <sighs> I don't even know why we did an episode on it, Katie, because I, I mean, if true confession <laughs> here, I know. Oh, I, I'm telling you, I was bribing, threatening, pleading, <laughs> crying, you know, all the things I encourage you guys not to do on the podcast. That's right. And we're grateful <laughs> for your quick tips. So listeners, if you have a great quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Ginger, I just really enjoy revisiting topics like lying and whining since, well, I know we have new listeners, but also because we probably have longtime listeners who needed to hear it again, like often and like me, Um, which, you know, this is the reason I wanted to do a podcast with you to begin with, Ginger, uh, because I knew I needed to hear biblical parenting advice as often as I could. So thank you for reminding us today how to shepherd our children toward wisdom and not foolishness. So Ginger, could you leave us with a final word of encouragement? Sure. Whether your child is struggling with lying or whining or both, I hope you've been encouraged to view these struggles as precious opportunities to take them to the truths of God's Word and point them to the transformational power of Christ. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us today. Do you have a parenting question? We invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. 
While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering both of her children's books, co-authored with Al Roland, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. As we mentioned, Sam in the Sticky Situation is a book about whining, and Chloe in the Closet of Secrets is a book about lying. And just use that code parenting at checkout and get 10% off both of those books. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Does your child struggle with lying or whining and you're not sure how to get, get? (laughs) We're going to get you guys going on your parenting. Yeah, you know... (laughs) 